Thanks for listening to the Church in the City podcast. Subscribe on iTunes and follow at Church in the City. We are going to have just a little bit of a different looking kind of Sunday morning. If you're visiting with us, uh, maybe might be a little stretch from what you might normally expect walking into a church on a, on a Sunday morning. Although uh, I'm confident and excited that we are staying fully within what God intends for us within scripture today. We're going to look a little different but we're going to look biblical today. For those of you who don't know, um, this past Thursday, Hannah Sudworth, the middle child of Steve and Deb Sudworth, Steve leads our eldership team. He's one of the elders uh, that leads this church. Hannah was in her dorm room at Northwestern University and developed a spontaneous brain bleed. Uh, It was incredibly serious. It was incredibly life-threatening. And through a miraculous series of events that I'm actually going to have uh, Dr. Matt and Dr. Sheetal Phillip come up and share a little more medically uh, about in just a few moments, uh, Hannah was rushed into emergency surgery uh, and is currently recovering nearly out of the ICU. I'm going to uh, let Matt and Sheetal um, share a little more about that. So what we're going to do this morning is in lieu of a sermon Uh, In lieu of me preaching or anyone else preaching, we are going to have a time as an entire church family where we're going to continue in worship, and we are going to share prophetically and pray together. And all of you are welcome to come and grab this, and I'll explain a little more about how that's going to work. But first, I want to invite Matt and Sheetal to come up and just share a little bit more about um, just all that's gone on with Hannah up to this point. Yeah, that's great. Good morning, everyone. Um, there are so many miracles that have happened in the last three days. It's almost hard to keep track of all of them, which is why I have them written down. But just as I share, I just encourage you not to focus on the people involved in this, but to focus on Jesus as the provider of the people who have resulted in Hannah's recovery. Because honestly, this this entire episode is just an incredible display of Jesus Christ and how intimately involved he was in the life of Hannah and the Sudworths and everyone around them. Um, So basically on Thursday afternoon, Hannah had a headache. Long story short, she was texting Debs and Debs, by the prompting of the Holy Spirit, decided to FaceTime her. Uh, Her headache was getting worse. And while she was FaceTiming Debs, and Hannah is at this point in her college room, Uh, She does not have a roommate. She's by herself in her room with the door locked Um, on FaceTime with Debs, who is at 1040, which is like 45 minutes away. This is in Northwestern Evanston campus. Um, Hannah started becoming incoherent, completely confused on FaceTime. Debs had the, the sense to ask Hannah for her friend's phone number, which miracle number... Two, probably, the first miracle being that Debs was FaceTiming her while this happened. The second miracle being that Hannah, in her incoherence and in her confusion, was able to clearly give her the cell phone number of her friend who was on campus. Debs asked for another friend's number, and at that point, Hannah wasn't able to tell her anything. So Debs texted um, the friend saying, run to Hannah's room, because Hannah wouldn't leave her room. James was at the office. James called 911 or emergency services. So both the friend and emergency services ran to Hannah's room. Um, By the time they got there, Hannah was almost unconscious. Um, Debs was essentially screaming into the phone and Hannah was unresponsive. They got her to Evanston Hospital probably within about nine minutes. Um, They called me before, while Debs was driving there, can you imagine, by herself in this panic state, driving to the hospital. And um, she was going to a hospital that we happened to know a friend who, very one of our best friends who works at that hospital, Evanston Hospital. So we were able to call him on the way. He essentially met us in the emergency room because Hannah was unable to tell anybody what was going on. She couldn't say her name. She couldn't tell her date of birth, nothing. So they didn't know what was going on. And often in college-age students that come into the emergency room who are confused, the first thing everyone thinks is drug overdose when you don't know anything else. So that's precious minutes that people waste trying to find out which drug they took and how to treat it, etc. Um, but because God ordained again, we had this friend who was at the hospital who we knew. He was able to go in and see Hannah even before Debs and I were able to and tell them, look, she had a headache. This is not a drug overdose. Don't do that stuff. Send her for a CT scan. So that changed their trajectory. And they immediately sent her for a CT scan, which showed a very large bleed inside her brain. 
Now, most people don't make it to hospital. Most people, no one ever knows they had a bleed. You know, they just don't make it there at all. So they found the bleed rapidly. The neurosurgeon was there within minutes, which is miracle number. I'm losing track now, probably number eight. Um, was there within minutes. He wasn't in the operating theater and he wasn't outside of the hospital. He was in the emergency room within minutes. They sent her for another scan and sent her straight from that scan up to the operating room. And in the operating room, they initially told us, you know, this is probably going to be quite a few hours um, that, you know, you're going to get updates every two hours as things go on. Uh, within about 45 minutes, the neurosurgeon who started the case came out and said, we're actually going to be closing up soon. We found the bleed. We've taken out all the blood. It was so much faster than we could ever imagine. And this was after having a scan which showed blood everywhere, and they couldn't really localize on the scan where she was bleeding from. So she was out of the operating room within one and a half hours, which miracle number 10. <laughs> Let's just call it number 10. Um, after something like this, obviously you're concerned about brain damage. You're concerned about the ability to you know, do normal things like talk and move and walk and um, they were very, especially concerned about her speech because it was in an area of the brain it wasn't the bleed wasn't on the area of the brain of speech but very close to it so all the blood had damaged it with the pressure that it had caused um, so they said you know we'll just have to wait and see what her speech is like um, literally they got her to the ICU they lightened her sedation she was moving all four legs and arms that night itself the next morning they took the breathing tube out of her and she started talking and she recognized Steve, she recognized Debs, she said, hi, Steve, hi, Debs, she said, my head hurts, perfectly clear, no slurring of words. Times of confusion in between of, like, kind of confused phrases, but overall coherent, incredible. The surgeon himself was like, this is not normal, this is not what should be. And over the next few days, she has continued to make a miraculous recovery. She has been up out of bed with the physical therapist on the very next morning of surgery. Um, you know, they asked her, and Hannah, if those of you who know Hannah know that she's an overachiever in every way. And she literally has not stopped overachieving since the moment of going into surgery. Like, she's literally astounding everybody. And, you know, she has to be in the first percentile for everything, including rehab, it seems like. Um, so she's actually doing so well, they don't even think that she might need inpatient rehab at this point because she's speaking so well, she's, you know, knows where she is, she knows what's going on. It's been incredible. She's been so strong throughout this entire ordeal. And, you know, Debs has just been a rock. God has given both Steve and Debs just the most incredible grace and peace of mind. We can, as a parent, you can only imagine the horror and shock of seeing your child collapse before you on FaceTime. But for the Holy Spirit to give you the inspiration to get the numbers that she needed, to get the help that she needed in that moment, but God, but God. Everything about the situation in the natural says that Hannah shouldn't be with us today, medically speaking, but for God. What should not be has been, has occurred, has happened because of God. And it's just been such an incredible display of the tangible presence of Jesus in our lives. His intimate involvement in every aspect of Hannah's life and their life. And, you know, it's something she's had in her brain since she was born. So at any point in the last 19 years, it was her 19th birthday on Monday, this could have bled. At any point, when they were overseas, when she was on a plane, any time. But the time happened when Debs was on the phone with her. That's when it bled. And when she was at near a hospital that could take care of her. It's but the hand of God. And, you know, it's, it's easy to say, oh, it's coincidence. But I think all of us can agree it's not coincidence. You know, we have so many friends who are in the medical profession. And they've heard about what we've told them. And they're like, that shouldn't be the way it is. She shouldn't be doing what she's doing. But she is. And we talk about the kingdom of God. Sometimes it can feel intangible to us. But I think this is an incredible example of the kingdom of God invading earth of heaven invading the natural to make what shouldn't be happen. And it's just praise to Jesus and to God for this. You know, a couple other things that happened was um, James wasn't actually supposed to be in the office that day. And he just, out of the blue, felt like he just needed to be there. And he was in the office um, right as this was happening. So there were, they had two phones, one to call a friend, one to be with Hannah. And um, Sheetal was actually supposed to be working that week, but she, her schedule changed, so she was off that day. 
And then she was supposed to be picking up the kids, but she said she just felt like, oh, you know, today I'm just going to pick them up early. I just, she just felt like she should do that. And so she was there, so she actually beat the ambulance to the hospital because she just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And it's just it's one of those things where God has many people in the city. God has been orchestrating this, and this is less than three days since that traumatic bleed happened. And there were people all over the world praying. All of us were praying, you know, that we were doing this together as a church family. And um, when, when this first happened, I talked to a neurologist friend of mine, and he said, oh, you know, this is bad. You know, in his years of experience, it's always been a really, really bad outcome. But he said maybe after months and months of rehab, maybe she can get back to a functional. And everyone that so far I've talked to this story, multiple doctors are like, you know, that's miraculous. I, we, they've never heard of someone doing this well this quickly. And even one of the doctors in the hospital is like, you know, I don't use this word lightly, but this looks like a miracle, just how, she, how, how well she's doing. And just felt also that when there, I think there are things that all of us are encountering that maybe we've just accepted as a status quo, like this is just the way it is. But that same God who's a spirit and life, the, the flesh is of no help at all. But that God of spirit and life can come and invade this, this situation that we're in and can bring miraculous truth. And just as a church body, it's just, I think today is going to be a day where we're talking about, we've been in the series of talking about the radical truths of God. We're living it right now. We're living it together as a family. And what a privilege to do this as a family, where we love each other and we're doing this together. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Sheetal. Um, Sheetal is actually going to uh, start us praying in just a moment. So here's what's going to happen. You know, last week, Steve started us in our current preaching series called Ordinary Radicals, the God who saves and his audacious church. And uh, Mark, Matt, and myself kind of went back and forth about, you know, what, how do we respond today? Do we preach? Do we this? And we just said, you know what? This is a moment to actually enact part of the design that God has for his church to gather together and to pray. Throughout the New Testament, we see that in times of hardship, in times of need, in times of sickness, in times of oppression, the church's response was to pray because none of the power rests with us. All of the power rests in the name of Jesus. And then I look at, I look at what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 14, and we studied a little bit of this this summer about God's design for what happens when his church comes together. And he says, what shall we say then? When you come together, everyone comes with a song, a hymn, a word of instruction, a tongue, something prophetic. And we bring that together and we pray. And there's something about the church of Jesus agreeing with God's design for the church of Jesus that God brings power to. So what we're going to do, and I know this may be stretching for some. The, the sermon speaking from the front stuff is done. We're going to pray, and we're going to continue to worship. And if you have something that you would like to pray or even share prophetically, and, and back in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, the Bible describes what sharing prophetically is for. It's for the encouragement and the building up of the church. It's for the bringing and the illustration of God's life and intention to the hearers who are hearing that prophetic speaking. So if God is laying something on your heart, a prophetic picture, uh, a word, Please come up and bring that to myself, Matt, or Mark, and we'll hand you the microphone to share. And if you want to come up and pray in the midst of our worshiping, then come up and, 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 and just come to me first, and we'll form the line. And uh, we're just going to have a time of praying. You can stand. You can sit. You can come forward, uh, whatever, it, whatever you're most comfortable with. Does that make sense? Maybe a little stretching, but we're going to do it together. And just as Sheetal is is about to pray and, and shared. This is a time where we have felt the Lord say, all of the seriousness, all of the heaviness, all of the reality is very present. But he brings joy. Because our God, our God is not outmanned. Our God is not surprised. Our God is not taken off guard. He never gets caught in a moment and says, oh no, I wonder if I can overcome this. All those questions were answered at the cross. The blood of Jesus not only brings salvation for us eternally, but brings the full power of his life now. So I hope that faith is rising in your heart. And I hope that as we pray, that we're not going to pray backed up against a wall. 
we're praying in an offensive position because we serve the King of Kings. All right? So I'm going to invite the band to continue, and Sheetal's going to start us. And if you have something to pray or share prophetically, come up and let me know. You know, one of the major things that has been a theme during this whole thing is that what should not be, God made happen. And in Romans 4 verse 17, it speaks about Abraham and how he should not be the father of nations given his age and given the natural order of how the world works. But it says, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. And I just really feel stirred in faith to pray for those who are struggling with that. You have been told that there are things which cannot be. Healing which cannot be yours. Deliverance which cannot be yours. Uh, a f- hope and a future which cannot be yours in the natural. But I believe that God is here to say, with Him, it can and it will be. It will be because he calls into existence the things which are not as they are. So in Jesus, we just praise you and we worship you, Lord. We trust you as the God of miracles, as we sang earlier, Lord God. Because of who you are, Jesus, because of your blood shed on that cross, Lord, we can stand knowing that what should not be in you, Jesus, is not only possible, but is necessary and definite, Lord God. That we can stand on the promise of your word, Father. He who calls into existence that which should not be, life that should be gone, you bring, Father. You bring life where there should be death, Lord God. You bring hope where there should be despair, Jesus. Father, you are the bringer of all things we need. Supernaturally, Father, I pray that right now, Father, you would stir hope in your people. Where we have lost hope, Father, for things which are not in existence, you would bring hope. And bring your life in Jesus' name. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the
that Sheetal shared about God speaking things into existence that don't exist. Then, right, I'd spoken to Abraham, and then Abraham, it's as if that gave him all the courage and faith he needed. So it says, against all hope, in hope, Abraham believed, became the father of many nations. Without weakening or wavering in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. We increase our faith, Lord. We know just all of the testimony that you have called into existence things that should not exist. And so our faith is encouraged and we give glory to you and we will not waver in our faith for Hannah and her family in this church. We stand strong in faith by the power and the beautiful name of Jesus, the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. I want to read uh, Psalm 23, but out of the Passion Version. And over the last couple of weeks, we, we've been learning uh, just the story of the prodigal son. 
and the differences between the younger brother going astray and the older brother, both with wrong revelation of who God is and who they are in him. And this is David speaking and writing in Psalm 23, just in right revelation of who he is in Christ or in God and who God is. And he says, the Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways of pleasure, to God's pleasure, and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me. You already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and peace. The comfort of your love takes my fear away. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all that I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For I'm being pursued only by your goodness and your unfailing love. Then afterwards, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to, to be forever with you. And Father, we just thank you this morning. God, we thank you firstly that we belong to you, that you chose us, that you called us to be your very own. And when the enemy tries to come and undermine and usurp who you are, we just say again that we are your sons and your daughters. And I thank you that we stand on a solid place, that we stand on the rock of ages that shall not be moved. And as the enemy has come to rob, steal, and destroy, or to try to do that to us as a church, we stand up and by faith we say you must bow to the power and victory of Jesus. And so we come under that this morning. We come before you, Lord and King. And we just thank you that you are so good, that you have done amazing things. We just celebrate this morning all that you have done. We look back on 14 years of this church, of your faithfulness, of what you've established, of the many, many miracles that we've seen in this house. Time and time again, you coming through, you doing it, you having your way, you reigning and ruling as has been prayed this morning. And so we just thank you, God. You're so good. You're so kind. You're so compassionate upon all that you have made. And I just thank you that we can come before you, we can just come before you like sons and daughters that we are, just resting in your presence. We just say, have your way, Lord. Have your way. And we just bring Hannah this morning before you. We just thank you for how close you are to her this morning. Just that which you have done so far. We just celebrate that and we say, continue, God, you're miraculous. Continue to restore every cell, every part of her brain, every part of her body functioning the way you designed it to be. We just celebrate your restoration, your complete healing and wholeness. And we just declare into her future that the days that are ahead are better than the ones that she's had thus far. We just thank you for many, many days of her worshiping in your presence, of her carrying your life and goodness of her reflecting your glory, God. We just see a powerful daughter and princess before you, God, that she will walk into everything that you have preordained for her life. Thank you, God. Thank you for what you're going to do. Thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. I had a vision that goes right along with Mark's reading from Scripture, and it was of all the storms and the demons coming at a place, and there was one holding the door, keeping those out, keeping those at bay, and everyone inside was safe and got a moment to breathe, a moment of respite, a moment to think, a moment to move on, and that one at the door is Jesus, 
And isn't that true about what he does in our lives? Those who believe in him and put their faith in him, he gives them true sanctuary, that moment to be safe from the storms of the world, the moment to be impervious to the demons, impervious to all that can harm us. And isn't that what he did to Hannah, that he held back anything that could really, truly take her away, Lord, that we, we can't even believe sometime all that happened, that you held that door so that everything could go in her favor. And I just, anyone here who has not experienced that type of sanctuary, I would ask you to consider, what are you trying to hold back on your own? You know, if you're trying to hold one thing back, surely something else is right there trying to take you out. And we feel that every day in our lives. But Jesus will bring you true sanctuary. And we love you, Lord, for that. We love you that we deserve none of it, but that you give it freely that we are not capable of holding all the things back in the world, but you are. And Jesus, we love you. You have given everything to us and you continually sacrifice for us. You did it once and for always in our lives, Lord. We praise you. I got an impression of uh, Genesis 8, uh, where Noah, you know, um, the earth was covered in water. He sent out one dove and it came back because it didn't, there was water everywhere. And then he waited seven days and um, sent out the dove again. Uh, but this time it, it came back with an, an olive leaf. And I feel like this is for um, what the Lord is already doing in Hannah's life, but also for, for us today that, um, you know, maybe everywhere you're looking, there's, there's water. All you can see is water. But that a dove, you know, as we see later, the the, the Holy Spirit fell on Jesus like a dove. And that, and that was, in, in the situation with Noah, that was his hope that there somewhere there was, there was dry land. And I feel like for us today, um, that the Holy Spirit is already doing things where in other situations there's just water. And, um, but with Jesus, there is miracle 10, 11, 12, 13. And maybe where you're looking, there's water but the Lord wants to come upon you like a dove right now and hand you that olive branch and you just need to grab it. He wants to deposit that in that. He wants to make that deposit in you today, Lord. So I thank you, Lord, for not just leaving us to fend for ourselves. Lord, whether it's we feel like we're underwater, all we see is water, there's no hope. At times it can feel like that, Lord, but I just thank you for for sending us your Holy Spirit as our helper, as our hope, as our empower. So Lord, would you bring us your hope? Give us that olive leaf to grab onto today, knowing that what we see, even though we all we see is water, that we know in you there's miracle in our lives. 10, 11, 12, 13, that we would stand on this stage one day and, and tell stories of what you've done in our lives, Jesus. So Isaiah um, 9, 6, and 7 has been highlighted to me. Um, and his name, Jesus' name, shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, everlasting father prince of peace of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end and father we praise you and thank you for the ways you have tangibly shown yourself in hannah's life in these days to be all all of these characteristics all of your character is being so revealed and we declare that you are doing this in our life too and that your reign and rule, your peace, there is no end and it's increasing in us, through us, in our city, our nation and the nations. And we, we receive all that you have in Jesus' name.
um, while we're hearing about Hannah's story, I was struck by uh, the beauty in that the thing the doctors were most concerned about was her voice, was her losing her voice. Um, and to know that God said, like, no, that voice is still mine. She is still going to sing. She is still going to speak truth. She is still going to bring a spirit of joy and energy to this room when she's on stage singing and leading very soon again. Um, and I was so encouraged by that and struck by the beautiful poetry that God is writing. Um, so if we could pray for Hannah's voice specifically. God, we lift up Hannah and her family and me. Um, we thank you for her voice. We thank you for the conviction and beauty and melody that she brings when she leads. Um, and we thank you that it's not over yet, that you said that voice is still mine, that she is still here to share and bring strength and freedom with her voice. Give her the words to say and the, the energy and the skill and the conviction to lead soon. Um, may we be surrounded by your presence as she's on stage and know that her voice is a picture of your miraculous power and your strength and your steadfastness in her life and in our life. Amen. Can we just take a moment and, and respond? I think there's something, there's something significant about everything that's been brought, but just David linking into um, just Hannah's voice. And those of you who know Hannah know that she's just an unparalleled worshiper and she's an incredibly unfairly gifted singer I'm mad just thinking about it uh, but can we just can we just maybe sing a little and, and just declare and, and this place that God still has there's still a future for the use of Hannah Subworth's voice spiritually and physically can we just declare that together Lord we just worship you yes Lord you still have a plan for her Lord yes Lord Use her voice, Lord. Full restoration in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Confounding restoration. Lord, notes that haven't been sung, words that haven't been spoken, sounds that haven't yet been made will come in the name of Jesus because you will not be shaken and you will restore her fully in the name of Jesus. We worship you. Give her the fullness of voice, the fullness of future, Lord. Nothing robbed, nothing taken away but full restoration in Jesus' name. Oh, how we love you. You are the one. You are the one now. Hearts adore Jesus. We love you. Jesus, we
on top of this. And so one thing I want us to do is just close our eyes and let's just start to be God's hands and his feet as we pray and we start to continue on with the orchestration of this miracle. Because it is, uh, you know, doctors have said it's gonna be months, it's gonna be days. We're gonna turn that into days and into hours. And right now, let's just, let's just focus on what God's doing. Start to visualize the brain, the areas that have been affected. And Father, we just thank you that you're starting to mold it. You're starting to heal those areas, Father. You make all things new in the same way that you bring life to a dead soul. You bring, you bring complete restoration to the brain right now, Father. In areas that have been affected in the limbs right now, that you start to release the synapses. You start to correct the joints. You start to create the blood that it starts to flow properly. Start to move it throughout her entire body through her arms, through her digits, Father. And also, too, Father, we just lift up that voice. We pray that she just starts to proclaim you and is worshiping you. And, Jesus, that everybody upon that is gazing upon this is worshiping with you right now, Jesus, that they gaze upon this, that they see that a miracle is taking place. And, Father, that no one, that it is undeniable, it is undeniable that she is being healed right now restored physically healed jesus right now holy ghost we thank you right now that your healing light is flowing through her body jesus is that pulsating light in the same way the devil comes to steal kill and destroy father that you have come to bring life and father in the same way that you tried to take this life now she's gonna have this extra measure of grace on her life that she's gonna now Use this to pray for people with same illnesses, with same injuries right now, Jesus. That when she touches people's brains, that they get healed right now. Right now, Holy Ghost, we pray for fire in those hands, Jesus. And Father, in the same way that this miracle's happened, that it's going to spread like wildfire across this entire congregation. We bring healing to this crowd. We bring restoration to this crowd right now. Holy Ghost, we thank you that what is you are starting something brand new. You're starting something right now, Father. And it is going to compound like interest, Jesus. It's going to continue to compound and compound. And right now, it's going to affect the entire city. Right now, we thank you, Jesus. Amen. Uh, so whenever I first heard about Hannah, uh, the first thing that came to my mind was, she will sing she will sing again soon she will sing again soon and i really thought like oh of course she will she's hannah i didn't think that was so significant but then when i heard today that the part of the brain um, was that effect was affected was the speech it just reminded me to take a moment and think about the fact that um i want to say some of those things that we take for granted but even for us in here we have a voice 
And the Bible says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. And I just think about the fact that whenever Debs asked Hannah for the number, her voice was able to communicate that. And literally, we very tangibly see that the power of life and death for that moment to be able to get um, her friend there to help, it was in her tongue. And um, I think back to last Sunday when Steve's was up, Steve's, <laughs> Steve was up here and he was um, talking about his daughters and he got choked up and he said, my daughters are bold and they are fearless. And he was talking about the Me Too movement. And he was saying how the church should be the place for the women to continue to speak and find their voice. And I just even think of that being prophetic about the fact that like, he knows that this is a place where his daughters and the women in here, but to all of us that we have a voice. And as we go out from this place, for us to not take for granted, like, yes, Hannah will sing again, or yes, we have a voice, but we have the power of life and the death, power of life in our tongues. And so I just want to encourage and remind us um, to go out and speak truth, to stand on these declarations, to stand on the promises of God, and to speak them over our families, to speak them over our friends, over marriages, and over jobs. Um, so I just thank you, Father, that you have given us a voice. And that you gave us power in that voice. You did not give us a voice that was null or void or um, bound by any kind of chains. But Father, your word says that the, the mouth, like who can tame the tongue? But it's like the rudder. It steers the ship. And so Father, we just submit our mouths to you. We just declare that we do have a power, a spirit of love and self-control. And that what comes out of our mouth is out of the overflow of our hearts. And so, Father, while our hearts are bursting with life and with love and with gratitude and thankfulness to you, we would not hold back, but we would stand and we would declare this into our jobs, into our, our hearts, and into our families, Father, that we would be able to stand on your promises and speak. And, um, Father, just continue to believe that Hannah will be singing again soon. I just want to speak um, healing over Hannah's cognition and her ability to fully heal. Um, Hannah is one of the most brilliant people I've ever met. I don't know if you guys know that she's planning on getting a PhD in biomedical engineering. She is so smart. Her brain is incredible. And I just feel that the enemy wants to take away this amazing gift that God's put within Hannah and it's so precious and I can't even imagine what God wants to do with how amazing he's made Hannah's brain and um, medically speaking you know her 30% of her brain was filled with blood you know her frontal cortex was damaged so significantly but I know that God wants to give more back than was taken away that he wants to restore full ability of her to go right back to doing calculus that none of us could even dream of doing. You know, like she is so brilliant and she needs every single cell of her brain restored and healed and fully functioning for what God has planned for her life. Her mind is so strong and she should not, medically speaking, be able to go back to Northwestern to get a PhD in biomedical engineering, but I believe that she will do that and so much more, that she will do such amazing things with her mind, with her amazing ability to just, I mean, destroy calculus and cure cancer with her, with her mind. And I know that the enemy wants to take that away, but God wants to give back more than was taken away. She should not be talking right now. Her speech should not be intact, and she is, and it's incredible. It's unbelievable medically speaking but I just want to pray that she has the most incredible recovery of her cognition and ability to do what God has called her to do and what she has been doing but even just to give her even so much more so much more which defies it's just a miracle but I, I want to just speak that over her so Lord we just pray that you would bring back full functioning to all of Hannah's brain, that you would touch each cell that is damaged, that's inflamed, that there would be no complications, 
there would be no more bleeding in her brain, that you would just restore every single cell that has been damaged, Lord, that you would just, you would touch her brain right now and just restore, 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 Lord, that she would, that she would sharpen and be able to come back to where she was with a speed that would defy all logic, Lord, that would just speak a testimony of what you've done and your hand of healing on her life, Lord. Just restore every cell that has been damaged, Lord. Bring back more than was taken away, Father. (laughs) That you would just do more than we could ask or imagine, Father. Thank you so much for what you've already done, but we just ask for more, Lord, more healing. Thank you so much, Lord, for your hand on Hannah's life. We love her so much. I just want to read God's word where there is power. The Lord says through Paul, he says, uh, this is something that Colleen and I read it right, right before we found out about Hannah, and I think that that was providential. Paul says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. And this, this, this is the part. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will we not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through, through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I just keep thinking, um, after this, Paul go, goes into to talk about God's sovereignty in all situations, when things seem difficult, when things we don't understand. And Paul talks about how the Lord is in control and is redeeming all of those things. And it strikes me in this situation that nothing is wasted, that the Lord is here and he is redeeming this for his glory. And I want it to be a testimony for Hannah and the Sudworths and for all of us that like, this is something that is going to give glory to God and not just among us, but I want, I want to see if it's the Lord's will for other people to come to know Christ through this miraculous thing, um, because the Lord is using it. The Lord will be glorified. He must be glorified in this. And I'm just excited to see how he's going to redeem this situation for the greatness of his name. I'm going to have Karen share. It's, 
I'll give you this. I was, it's really like, I feel like you're reading my mind right now. I really feel like this is not an accident. This is definitely for God's glory. And I feel like people are going to come to know Jesus because of the situation. How many medical professionals have seen this and they don't believe in God and they say, I can't explain this. It's just a miracle. And so I want to pray right now. I feel like we could all, can we just all join and pray that people will know Jesus, that this is not an accident, that the reason this happened is so more people are in heaven singing to God with Hannah. Can we just pray that right now? Jesus, we just thank you so much that this is not an accident. God, it obviously came as a shock to us, but God, it is not a surprise to you. You are using this for your glory. I pray right now that you would impact hearts, God, right now, that people who see and hear this story, they are caught off guard and they say, there has to be a God. I want to know him. I pray that you will give her a voice, God, that she have an opportunity to speak and speak the truth of your name. But God, even if she doesn't speak the words, I pray that people would see her, her heart and see her life, that there would literally be light coming out of that room right now, God, that people would be drawn to the light and they would hear and they would say, what happened? I don't understand this. I gotta, gotta just pray right now that you would be glorified by this, God, that you would, so many people would come to know you and that we just praise your name for how you draw people, God, that you use these difficult situations for your glory, God. I just pray that you would bring people to saving knowledge of your name, Jesus. Awesome. Mark, why don't you share real quickly? I've just been hearing the phrase radiant church, radiant church, and I know Steve shared it last week out of Ephesians 5, and it describes the church that Jesus is building, His church, the church that He is building. And I just feel there's a shift in the spiritual for us as this local body to say yes to that, to say yes to being that radiant church that Jesus is building. And I looked up uh, the definition of, of radiant, and it says, sending out light, shining or glowing brightly. It says, characterized by health, intense joy and happiness. And that's just a secular definition. How much more in the spiritual? So we just, can, can we just stand? We're going to transition into a time of, of ministry and just saying yes to that. Yes, Jesus, we want to be in this next season. We are now, but you are taking us from one degree of glory to the next. And in this time, in this city, where our lives are planted here, as families, as individuals who have said yes to you, who are rooted and established in this local church, we say, we want to be that church that you are building, Jesus. We want to be that radiant church. We want to be that house that sends out light, that doesn't exist for ourselves, but goes on Sundays out into this world, carrying intense joy, carrying the life of God, carrying your healing power, saying yes to you at every corner. When we face opposition, standing on the rock of ages, we say yes to you, Jesus. What a privilege to be your family. What a privilege to be covered by you, to be walking in communion and community with you. You are the life-giving God. Thank you for your Holy Spirit upon us, your people. And we just say more. We say more, God. More of your presence. Do it again, God. More of your testimonies, Lord. We say yes to you, Jesus. Okay, just a couple more minutes. Happiness. We want to, we've gone over. I don't know if you noticed. It's your fault. You prayed and shared. <laughs> we want to transition into a time. We're going to end the meeting in just a moment. But we want to also stand in faith for people to be healed today. Right now. Right here. Um, so, I've invited Matt and Lane to share uh, a little bit about that, and then I'll kind of explain what's going to happen right before. Uh, if, we, if you have to leave, we're going to end the meeting. Uh, but Matt, why don't you uh, share for a second? You know, as we were talking about the early church, um, Paul in uh, Ephesians 5, 19, and then in 1 Corinthians 14, says, um, you know, bring a tongue, bring a revelation, let's sing spiritual songs together. And, and that may be stretching for us now. To, to see the early church would be, would be really challenging. And I think today was maybe a challenging day for, for some of us. It's maybe stretching, not what we're used to seeing. And, um, but I, I would just encourage us to, to recognize that and move past that and just see God is doing something in that time. And, and I just felt uh, also that as we're praying about these, that there may have been times when, when we've been offended by the things that has happened to us in the world. 
where we may have asked, why would God let that happen? Why would this happen? Why would that happen? Why, why are we struggling with this? Why are we going through this? Why is my loved one happening this? And, and I just felt like John 6.60, when, when many of his disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is of no help at all. The words that I've spoken to you are spirit and life, but there were some who didn't believe. And he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to the Father unless it is granted to him by the Father. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed, and we have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered him, did I not choose you, the twelve? Dear Lord, I thank you that you have chosen us. And I thank you that that was in the beginning of their ministry, and they saw so many greater things than these. So much more, Lord, they saw you ascending to heaven. And I pray, Lord, now that, that whenever we've been offended at the things that have happened or the things that we've seen, I just pray that that would fall away right now. That our offense, our bitterness, our, our focus on, on those things would fall away and we would lift up our eyes to see you. That you would give us new faith and new hope, Father, for those that we've long since lost faith and hope with. I pray for our loved ones, our daughters, our sisters, our our, our, our husbands, our wives, our parents, Lord. I pray that we would see faith for healing, Father. Faith that they would come to know Jesus, Lord. Even if we prayed for years, that we would know, that they would know you, Lord, that you would call them to you. I pray, Father, for those who are, who are trusting for, for children, Lord, that there would be new faith, Father, for, for that, for blessings of the next generation, Lord. I pray for the miraculous to come through, Lord. I pray for signs and wonders to break forth again, that this would be a radical church, and we would be a radical people who believe your radical world, word, that you are who you say you are, that you are he who has come down from heaven and who was raised up again. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. There were a few other options rolling around, but I just went with Amen. So listen, as I said, I know we've, we've gone long, but that's okay. If you are needing healing in any way, we want to stand with you. If you've come here today and you've said, I don't know, I don't, you talk about knowing Jesus. I don't know him. I've, I don't have a relationship with him. I want to talk with you. Come forward. Can I invite the ministry team? Uh, to, to come down to the front. This is a team of people who want to pray with you, who want to stand with you in every way for healing physically, uh, for provision, for anything that you uh, are asking for prayer for. We want to stand in that way with you. So in a moment, uh, we're going to close the meeting and you guys can come forward if we can pray with you. But uh, I want to let Lane, uh, Lane had a specific sense of, of what some uh, people might be needing prayer for. So I wanted to give her a chance to share. Um, yeah, the phrase that keeps going through my mind loudly on repeat is God saying, my promises stand. And I feel like there are people here today who have promises over their lives that have been spoken in the past. And there's things you feel that are blocking that from coming to fruition. It's maybe physical, maybe it's choices you made or things that happened to you. But his promises stand. And I know the team up here is ready to stand with you in those and pray for whatever it is that you feel is blocking those promises from becoming true in your life. I also feel like there are people here when I say there's promises that God speaks and you're like, what is that? I don't feel like I've had promises spoken over my life. The people up here are, will love to listen with you and ask Father God, what are you promising for me today? And what are you promising for me over my life? So thank you, Lord, for this time. We bless your name. We thank you that you hold Hannah and her family and this church in the palm of your hand. Your word says that our lives are hidden with Christ in God. And that is assuredly secure. We love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your presence with us in your name. Amen. We're going to send out more updates on Hannah when we have them. If you're not on the email list, you can take care of that at the loop. Just fill out the loop form. You don't even have to give any other response. I'll personally make sure that you're on the list. 
Parents, when you get to your kids, hug a Groundbreakers teacher since we've gone a little over. Bless you guys. Connect groups this week. We'll see you back next Sunday, and we'll give updates as we can. Come down and get prayer. Thanks again for listening to the Church in the City podcast. Subscribe on iTunes and visit us at churchinthecity.us.